Here is what you missed this morning on the Catholic Morning Show. Let's go to our next guest, Pastor of Christ the King on the south side of Des Moines, Father PJ. You, you're on the road, though. I am on the road. And you pulled over just for us. I did. Look at you. That's true. Look at you. I'm on my I'm on my way back from giving a parish mission at St. Rose Parish in Girard, Ohio. Nice. Which is on the other side of Ohio, so it was a long drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd it go? Excellent. And Good. Reggie came with me, so Reggie Reggie's sitting next to me. My dog is sitting next to me here nice. in the car as we uh, as we try and answer the questions of the people at Des Moines. There we go. Uh, let's start with number one. <clears throat> the listener asks, "Why don't we know much about the first thirty years of Jesus's life?" Because no one bothered to tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, so, so, so the Gospels are largely silent on this period, and um, uh, the fathers of the Church and, and various theologians um, at times have speculated as to the reason for this. But there, there are two kind of key um, elements or presumptions around this. The first one is that the the, the lack of meaningful content. Uh, when they did, in fact, go back to try and and, and explain very clearly the events surrounding his birth. Um, is suggestive that his childhood and, and adolescence was presumably very normal. That mm. he he lives a very normal human life, and so and, and and so would have had the sort of upbringing of any other ordinary uh, Jewish Palestinian boy in the period, right? Um, that you know Jesus wasn't sort of walking on water when he learned to fish at twelve or something. He <laughs> had to learn uh, in a human way to do all of the ordinary things that, that the rest of us do. Um, at the same time, uh, of course, there is a recognition that, like, Jesus is never not God, so that the the, the boy child, the young man, um, this one is God, too. Uh, and, and so in important ways, you know, God crawled in the dust of the Galilee and swam in its waters and, 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 and played with the other children there. Um, and, and that's important, right, for us. Like, it, 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 it's at the heart of what incarnation means, that mm. God took flesh and lived a truly human life so that we could live a truly godly one. Beautiful. Number two, if a priest is a priest forever, even in heaven, will other souls be able to identify them as such in heaven? So, I, I, presumably, yes. But what that mechanism of recognition looks like, we don't know, because we don't really know what it looks like for anything else either. Mm-hmm. Um, as the tradition has uh, passes down, um, they're trying to make a distinction, even the language of the priesthood being forever. This is drawn from Psalm 110, right? Thou art a priest forever, according to the light of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to distinguish it, like using that language of Melchizedek, is to distinguish it from the priesthood of Aaron. So, so Moses ordains Aaron and his sons, the, 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 the priests of the old law, and that priesthood is literally earthly. It's temporal, because it's passed down by inheritance. There's still ritual observations that have to happen, but, but you, 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 you can't decide you want to be a Jewish priest. Um, like it, like that, this, this, you've got to be born into the family businesses at work. And the reason that's important is because Melchizedek, right, is this very mysterious figure in the book of Genesis, uh, whom Abraham encounters um, after, uh, after the battle on the plain. And it's to him that he offers uh, the, the first tithe, so the tenth of, of, of the spoils of the battle. And then Melchizedek, who is identified as the priest and king of Salem, which is the settlement that becomes Jerusalem, he makes a thank offering of bread and wine. But what's peculiar about Melchizedek is he's the only character of his type in the Old Testament who's given no family. 
he's not called the father of anybody or the son of anybody. Um, and so the fathers of the church and, and various doctors and saints throughout the ages have seen this as either a type or even a pre-incarnational manifestation of the person Jesus, of, of the second person of the Trinity. And so, so the priesthood of Melchizedek, the, 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 the priesthood um, that, is, that is born in the person of Jesus, that's what all the baptized share in. Uh, by virtue of their baptism and confirmation, and it's what the the, the priests and bishops of the New Covenant um, have in, in a totally unique and distinct way. Uh, at the same time, so, so as the tradition passes on, what does it mean to be, to be a priest when you're dead? Well, the sufferings of priests in hell must necessarily be worse than the sufferings of laymen. Mm. Why? Be, because, because they had a greater responsibility. It's, it's why, you know, people that um, commit crimes in office get punished more severely than just regular thugs, or at least they're supposed to, right? Um, uh, the, 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 the same principle is true here. But, of course, in heaven, uh, the heavenly liturgy is not mediated in the same way that our liturgy is here. And so what the exercise of the priesthood looks like uh, in the world to come is something that, um, I guess, us, both priests and lay people, got to wait and see what it looks like. Man, where do you learn all of this? I'm just thinking to myself, this is some deep stuff this morning. Good stuff. Uh, question number three that comes, uh, this is a good question. What is prudence, and how should it work in the spiritual life? This is an excellent question. I'm actually teaching a class touching on this later this morning. Nice. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm, um, we're doing a, a course a series on vices and virtues um, at the parish. And so, um, so prudence, right, is a virtue. And it's, it's, it's called the queen of the virtues because it's that virtue without which none of the other virtues can exist. Virtues, of course, are good habits. They're the habits that make us more authentically human. Well, how could one be more than another this way or whatever? Like, what, 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 what does that ultimately mean? Well, prudence is the virtue that allows us to determine in particular situations what is actually the virtuous behavior. Mm. And so it's, it's, it's especially useful in helping us discern between multiple goods. So, you know, you don't really properly have to discern between uh, good and evil. If it's evil, you just can't do it. You might choose to do it, but you're not confused that it's a sin, right? Yeah. It's like nobody, you know, when people are discerning vocations, they discern between, you know, priesthood and religious life and married life. You don't discern between, like, being a doctor and a crack dealer or something. Mm-hmm. And so, so because the crack dealer thing is is obviously evil, whereas right. the doctor thing is, is obviously good. But you might have to discern between being a doctor and a lawyer, or between being a husband and priest. And so, um, so, the, 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 so prudence is, uh, is, is the queen of the virtues, because it's possible to act uh, toward a good, but to do so too much or too little or out of order, right? So this is real clear with courage. You can be too brave and actually become foolhardy and put yourself or other people in danger, right? Or you can be too exacting in your justice and so fail to be merciful. Um, and so, uh, so, so, so I, I like to think of prudence as the gambler's virtue. It's the virtue um, uh, that tells us when to hold and when to fold, mm. when to walk away and when to run. <laughs> this was... Uh... I don't know if it was Teresa of Avila or Therese of Lisieux that said that the devil does not work between what's good and evil in our life. He works between what's good and better. I've always remembered that. I just forgot who it was. But uh, that, that, that seems, right, uh, it seems to apply a little bit here. 
Yeah, no, they, they, that's exactly right. It's also the reason uh, Teresa famously said if she could choose between a smart confessor and a holy one, she'd want the smart one. Hmm. Why? Because the smart one will help her discern what's 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 right to do in a particular situation. The good one might be might be competent to choose it on his own, but he could be terrible at giving advice. Wow! But 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 the, but the, but the smart one um, is is going to help her make make good decisions in the moment. Now, at the same time, St. Thomas takes the same question and offers a slightly different line. What he says is, if, if you have a really thorny moral problem, um, don't simply seek out a moral expert, what we would think of as like a theologian or an ethicist or something, right? Um, he says, find a wise, that is an intelligent and holy person. Um, and so, uh, and so that's exactly that, 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 that's exactly what we all try and do is, is be as wise as we can individually and, and, and grow in holiness each day. Would you give us your blessing this morning, Father? Sure. May the peace and blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Father P.J. McManus, keep driving safe. Thanks, brother. All Take right. Care. We'll talk to you soon. Father P.J., everyone, always pulling over for us. Uh, even on his trips. So we appreciate all the work that he continues to do. Listen to the Catholic Morning Show weekday mornings at 7 on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, iowacatholicradio.com, or the Iowa Catholic Radio app.